It's Wednesday, August 1st, 2018. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Bogota, Colombia. Well, recently I had the opportunity to sit down with Todd Unzicker. Todd is the husband to Ashley, the dad of three children, and missions pastor of the Summit Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Todd and his wife Ashley have experienced adoption and currently lead the orphan care ministry at the Summit Church. I am so grateful to be joined by Todd Unzicker, and Todd is a part of the Summit Church in the Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina area. And Todd and Ashley are adoptive parents and have been a part, like I said, of Summit Church for seven years and are just deeply invested in adoption and orphan care. And I just love the journey that they've been on. And, and certainly, know that their lead pastor, uh, J.D. Greer, uh, has a lot of influence in our country uh, and in gospel evangelical circles. And so I know that, uh, Todd, I know God opened your and Ashley's hearts for adoption before really your church got engaged. So tell us a part about your personal journey to adopt and just how the Lord brought y'all into this journey. Yes. Uh, so uh, th- first of all, thanks, Herbie. It's great to be with you guys. I love the work uh, that you all do uh, in advocating um, for uh, orphan and care and foster care and adoption. And uh, when I think of Christ's love, I think of the work that you guys do. So it's an honor to be here with you today. For my wife, Ashley, and I, uh, we didn't um, become followers of Jesus until later in life. And when we did, uh, I was um, 28 and she was 25 and she's uh, six years in younger than me. And so um, when we kind of uh, dove into um, um, the scriptures, you know, we just, um, we saw verses like James 1, 7 that say that, you know, that this is the type of religion that is pure and acceptable uh, to our father is to, you know, care for orphans and for widows in their distress. And so um, we took that seriously. (laughs) Uh, For us, you know, believing in the errant or infallible word of God was not a theological, um, uh, a theological test for us. It was um, simply God speaking um, in our lives and we knew we wanted to follow him. And so uh, even from when we were actually now were dating, um, we prayed and said, you know, uh, Lord, if you would, um, we would, we would like to adopt and we would like to um, um, take care of those who are fatherless and uh, make that a part of our family. And so, um, you know, that was our story. Uh, our oldest is adopted. And um, then we um, had to, biological children after that and I would say that there's probably not a week that goes by that we don't um, talk about possibly adopting again or maybe um, getting into foster care so this has just been kind of part of our walk uh, since we became followers of Jesus wow. and, and I know that you know even for listeners a lot of times those of us in ministry either in the church or in ministries like Lifeline we talk a lot about caring for the fatherless and a lot of times I'm afraid folks can think that this is for professional people or for people that are in ministry. Uh, but personally, you know, God started calling you on this journey even before you were a pastor and a part of a church. You're, you're actually a sports writer. Um, so just, just talk about, first and foremost, just following the commands of Christ even before you were a pastor uh, to get into this journey of adoption and then how the Lord just called you into the ministry you're now doing. Well, um, 
Yeah, you know, we say, you know, around here that in a sense, when um, I became a pastor, I got out of the ministry because scripture says that pastors and elders are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so um, I'm afraid that we inadvertently um, kind of make 101, 201, 301, or 401 of the Christian life, you know, that everybody's kind of at the 101 stage. And, you know, if uh, you teach Sunday school, you're a 201. And if you, you know, you're a deacon or maybe you adopt your 301. And then, of course, you know, if you go overseas, missions, um, you know, you're like the, the SEAL Team 6 of Christianity. Um, I'm just afraid, Herbie, that's just not what I see in the scriptures, um, that God has called all of us to make disciples of all nations um, and to demonstrate the kingdom of God and his love to those who are hurting here, whether they're homeless or they're orphans or prisoners or unwed moms or at-risk teens or immigrants or refugees, that God is calling us to care for, for, for all of his people. And so, um, you know, coming to faith and having some godly men that jumped right in and started discipling me. Um, you know, I was a sports reporter and I was single at that time, but I knew that I wanted all of my life to be hardwired um, to to Christ. Um, and Herbie, I, I mean, I, I still, I've been a believer for 14 years. I've only been a pastor for about 10 of those years. Um, and I would say that my prayer today is the day that uh, the first week I was being discipled. And that is, you know, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit today. Um, help me to be more like Jesus and help me to make him known today. And, you know, whether that is um, being a pastor and leading others uh, and sending uh, for me, which was a call to the nations. I went on a one-week mission trip and uh, God just absolutely changed my um, kind of my priorities and, and reoriented things for me. Uh, I left my dream job, Herbie. I got paid to watch college football, SEC football. And so uh, I went kicking and screaming uh, into the ministry. But um, I tell everybody I had a dream job, but I'd never go back. Uh, this is where, where God has called me. And that is to equip the saints to um, for the work of the ministry. And that work of the ministry is to care for orphans, to care for widows, and to make Christ's name known to all nations. Amen. And it's, I love what you say, because when we're asked to sacrifice something like our dream job and something that we enjoy for call of the kingdom, and we see the work of the Lord, it just doesn't feel like sacrifice at all. Uh, but it's just pure joy. And it, it makes you understand uh, what Paul says, that count all joy, brothers, when you go through various trials and persecutions, because when your priorities are realigned, the priorities of the Father, it truly is joy, no matter what you have, the things that you have can never compare to the joy of, of, of seeing Christ exalted and glorified. And I know that uh, you get to see that work now as being a pastor. And, and like you said, maybe not you're not in the, the ministry as such because you're not amongst those that need to hear, but you're equipping the saints to go out to those who need to hear. And part of that equipping through the Summit Church is, is leading your congregation to be a people that care for vulnerable children through adoption, through foster care, through orphan care. So what are ways as a pastor now that you have seen God move in Summit Church to call people towards this ministry of reconciliation for the vulnerable and for the orphan? 
Yeah, well, I'm glad you called it, you know, that this ministry of reconciliation, because, um, you know, Herbie, it really starts with the gospel. And the gospel is, you know, not the diving board by which we enter Christianity. The gospel is not only for the lost, um, but the gospel is the pool in which we swim. And, um, you know, my wife and I and about 10,000 others have have the joy and privilege to listen to preaching every week that is centered on that reconciliation that God did for us by giving his son. Um, who lived the life that we couldn't live and died the death that we should have died. Um, and so it, it, everything is rooted in the gospel. And it's not based on guilt or manipulation that we would care for orphans or adoption or foster care. Um, it's that realization that we uh, were fatherless, that we were children of wrath, the Bible says, and that God in his great love, while we were still sinners, um, sent his son Jesus to die for us. And that um, for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved and realizing that God adopted us, that it is, um, you know, that we, you know, these theological terms that we hear of regeneration and, um, and an adoption and um, being sealed with the Holy Spirit. Um, what a great example. Um, you know, in my own life, our daughter um, just warmed our hearts. I mean, to hear her a couple weeks ago um, tell her friend um, down the street, you know, we overheard her saying, well, I've been adopted twice. And her friend said, well, why is that? And she said, well, you know, my mommy and daddy adopted me, but I was also adopted, you know, by God through through his son, Jesus. Um if I can be honest, I'm not even sure she has been born again, but the fact that she understands that and is communicating that, um, what a great picture of the gospel. Um, we talk about marriage being a picture of Christ and his bride, the church, um, and what a great picture that the, the, the orphan care and adoption um, paints for a lost and watching world. And you, you, you take that great analogy of marriage being of the gospel and, and I agree with you Todd 100% that we see the gospel manifested in so many ways when we see families care for vulnerable children we, we see families foster or adopt children that have no biological connection to them but the, the love of Christ is compelling them to do that but in a lot of ways we we are so intentional as a church to prepare men and women for marriage marriage counseling and preparation and we write books to uh, help men and women prepare for marriage we even then write parenting books for how to parent your children but we don't do a lot as a church to prepare families for adoption and foster care but one thing that i know as a ministry life has been so encouraged about what we see the summit church doing to intentionally preparing and supporting adoptive and foster families so Along this journey, I know that you and Ashley have learned so much by preparing families and preparing them for this journey. What are some of those lessons that you can pass along to other churches or, or just others that are really prayerfully considering a journey into adoption or foster care? Yeah, I, I, um, I mean, that's a great question. You know, it's one of those things when things are part of your DNA and you kind of live and breathe them all the time. You have to really stop to think, you know, what 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 is the summit taught us? And I think for I mean, it's just for my wife and I um, realizing um, as we talk with other adoptive uh, parents and, you know, their kids, uh, you know, my daughter's eight. There are others who are, you know, grown now and just kind of hearing the experiences and, and things and challenges um, that other adoptive children go through that, that maybe my biological children won't go through. Um, some identity questions about why do I look different than mommy and daddy? Um, you know, what? Um, 
why do people talk about me as adoptive or what, what, why do people say you're like dad and you're like mom, but they don't say that about me as much or, you know, all of those kind of questions when birthdays come around, uh, asking questions about birth mothers and birth fathers and open and closed adoptions to, for the summit to have support systems and networks in place. Uh, have, uh, it's hard for me to imagine being an adoptive parent without it. And I'm grateful that when we came to this church, that was already in place. And uh, that was something that hopefully we are just making better. And as more parents are adopting children here at the summit, then um, we're, we're seeing that network grow and grow. So you know, having that mutual education, um, having some conferences that have come in, um, providing those spaces where we can have those candid and open conversations with other adoptive parents uh, has, been, has really been, uh, been, been encouraging for my wife and I. There's a, a big component of how you guys are walking this journey with adopted foster parents. It's just through mentoring and, you know, life on life, which is really such a picture of the ecclesia with the church is supposed to be, that fellowship, that coming together, equipping the saints, walking life together as the saints, mentoring. And so I know that even through that mentoring journey and through your own journey through adoption, you've just, you've learned and you've grown uh, do you mind just sharing some specific ways either you and Ashley have seen growth or you've seen families just grow in the gospel through being stretched through the adoption foster care process? Yeah, I, I mean, um, you know, getting back to that prayer I, I, that I try to pray every morning and that is God make me more like your son, Jesus. Um, you know, when you go through the adoption process, um, whether your process is two or three weeks or your process is, is uh, I, I, this one couple I love and know dearly here at the summit, they, they've been going on seven years. Um, it is full of disappointments. It's full of walking by faith and not by sight. Um, exactly what um, God commands of us. And the more that we do that, it is um, it is us exercising that. Paul told us to work out our faith, um, to work out our salvation. And um, I believe that, you know, I can say that I believe in Christ, but when I am leaning on him and trusting him, that this is something he has called us to do and we seek out doing it, um, when the ups and downs come, we can know that he is with us because he has promised us that um, he would be with us not only um, not only in glory, not only in heaven, but scripture says that he promises to be with us in the land of the living. So to know that the great I am uh, is with us even in our adoption process, even in our adoptive parenting, and even as our children uh, grow is, is, is really knowing that he is with us. Uh, Herbie is really that, um, that presence that God has been using a lot with this. I think on a bigger macro scale, um, what we are really celebrating is uh, a, a report that we just we just heard recently um, in Durham. Uh, you know, Durham's a, a, a large city. Um, I would say that the politics um, of the city of Durham probably is not the the not as the same as it is as most of our members at the summit. Um, but we had a couple go to the foster care agency, the city, uh, the county foster care system, and started filling out applications there because, by the way, that's part of our training. We teach them how to do that ahead of time. So they go down to do it, and uh, the, the person who was the head of the foster care system uh, said, so, you know, what brings you here today? Why are you doing this? And 
And they, this couple said to them, oh, well, you know, because God uh, took care of us when we were fatherless, we want to care and love the fatherless in our city. And the head of the foster care system in Durham uh, looked at this couple and said, you must go to the Summit Church. And they said, wow, how'd you know? And they said, well, there have been so many families that have come through that answered just that way. And we are now revamping how we do foster care in, in Durham County because of so many people from the Summit Church who are coming in and fostering. And, you know, that's that's something, Herbie, that is one of those things that, um, you know, Pastor J.D. challenges us a lot, is um, we're not here to build, you know, big events. Um, we want to live lives where the community would notice if we were gone. And so if, if the church is the hands and feet of Christ, then um, we want to change systems and structures in place um, through our outpouring of love. And so when I heard that a couple months ago, um, you know, I thought that was that was great testimony of the war of the Lord working in and through members of the summit. Well, and that, and that just really touches on how what we do in adoption work and care really fits in that bigger structure of taking the gospel to the nation, the gospel to our community, and love the opportunities that we're not just talking the talk, but we're walking the walk. And it's both and. We can't just walk the walk without talking the talk. We, we've got to do both, and we've got to show uh, the, the love of Christ compels us, and the gospel has saved us. And walking out in orphan care and adoption is such a is such a picture of what the gospel's done in us, but a picture of what the gospel can do in others when we trust and put their faith in Christ. Well, God, we're we're grateful for what you and Ashley have been called to, both as a family, but then as just representatives of the Summit Church and servants of the Summit Church to equip her people to go out and. Uh, just thankful for the impact that the Summit Church is having, not just in the Raleigh-Durham area, but throughout North Carolina and throughout the United States. And we know that uh, that your pastor and friend, uh, J.D. Greer, uh, has certainly been elevated to a position of leadership amongst the Southern Baptist Convention. But I would be remiss if I didn't ask you as an insider uh, that, that knows Pastor J.D. well and the Summit Church, who do you think is more popular, J.D. Greer or fake J.D. Greer? Oh, without a doubt, 100%, no questions asked. Fake J.D. Greer is much more popular and, frankly, much more liked uh, than J.D. Greer. Uh, we all like fake J.D. Greer, and uh, we all hope to hear more from, more, more, more from him. Absolutely. Well, I think... Uh, I think folks were hoping that fake J.D. Greer would definitely be in the limelight more now that Pastor J.D. has this position within the <laughs> well, well, we'll see if we can contact fake J.D. Greer and see if we can get him more more, more involved. Yeah. And if, if you don't know what we're talking about, you're missing out on Twitter. Just look for fake J.D. Greer and uh, enjoy uh, the persona that is there. Well, Todd, thanks so much for joining us and sharing your heart. And I just hope folks are as encouraged as I am to see a missional church, a missional family that are using the gifts, the talents, and the abilities the Lord has given them ultimately to show his glory uh, in the way we do gospel-driven justice. So thanks for joining us, and thanks so much for all that you and Ashley and the Summit Church are doing. Thanks, Herbie. Great to be with you guys. 
Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel to you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.